Welcome to the AMU Performance Podcast, a show dedicated to improving sport performance. My name is Jordan Johnson, and I'm here with my co-host, Josh Fisher. Each week, we bring you real, tangible advice to help you elevate your performance. We take a look under the hood and decode the physical and psychological aspects of greatness. Let's get it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the AMU Performance Podcast. We are tuning in for, what did we say? Episode six. Episode six. Is is what this is. So uh, my name is Jordan. Across me is my good buddy, Josh, uh, and we're going to kick it off today. So Josh, what what are we talking about today? Well, today we are talking about, honestly, probably the best book I've ever read in my life. It's called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And we read it in our program, both of us did. And I mean, I really enjoyed it. I don't, I guess you can share your thoughts on it too when I, we, when I come back to you. But I mean, this book is incredible and in just how, just the life lessons it kind of teaches you. It gives you four simple rules just to apply to yourself. And I've tried my best to do that since I, you know, I read the book and honestly it's changed my life. I mean, uh, it changed my mindset, changed my perspective and how I view everything that comes around me and also how I interact with others. And it really just, it really did just change my, I guess, my life as a whole. So, uh, well, we're going to talk about the four agreements. So these four simple rules, but we're also going to apply them to sport because we want to provide that value as well. So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. So Jordan, what did you think about the four agreements? So actually, before we get into it too, I wonder if we should give a little kind of like a background on kind of what it is, who the author is and all that stuff. Um, so I'll try and speak to to the best of my ability in terms of who he, who he is who he is uh and kind of what his background is and whatnot so don miguel ruiz uh was actually a surgeon um back back in the day i did not uh, know that ended up getting into an accident of some sorts so for those of you that have actually seen the the doctor strange uh marvel movies have you seen them josh yeah of course i've seen them so it's kind of like that same type of background story in a way right so he was actually this surgeon um that had an accident of of some sort so and then he got superpowers well he got he did that too but kind of went on this this um journey this quest to kind of figure out what what life is all about and, and what there is in like what what um what's the word i'm looking for more about life there's more to life than just like the profession that he was doing is mm-hmm. basically what he was getting at so he's going kind of like his like, purpose yeah exactly his purpose right um so he he ended up um kind of investigating or talking to or researching or, or kind of immersing himself in this i the the tradition of the toltec people um and again so from my understanding so if there's any history buffs out there please check me on this um but the toltecs were, were like a, an ancient civilization that came before like the aztecs and the mayans again i think right i could be pulling that out, totally out of my ass but for, from the research that, that i've done um that's kind of the where these these four agreements these rules these principles come from is from this toltec tradition um so this is more of like like, uh, I'm gonna call it a society. It's not, it's not a religion. It's not, it's not, um, society. They got their own kind of like a culture too. Yeah. yeah. In a culture too. So it's kind of how they embody the, these different things. So, mm-hmm. and that's what Don Miguel Ruiz has kind of taken, taken these different principles and kind of put them, packaged them up and talking about the four agreements. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. And I guess, so the question you just, you just asked me to what I thought about the book, I thought it was awesome too. You know, we, uh, first time reading it was in the program, uh, the master's program that Josh and I are in, um, thought it was awesome. Has a lot of good insights in there. Uh, there was actually two when, when I first started reading it, I was like, this is the, the book of just like absolute gems. Like in terms mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is I would take the book and I would flip through it. And I'd go, all right, pick a page. Josh, mm-hmm. just tell me to stop. Stop. Okay. I'm going to pick that. I'm going to put my finger right here on this page and I'm just going to read what it says. 
Oh, I look fat. I look ugly. I'm getting old. I'm losing my hair. I'm stupid. I never understand anything. I will never be good enough and I'm never going to be perfect. Do you see how we use the word against ourselves? We must begin to understand what the word is and what the word does. Boom. So again, it's a book full of one-liners that stick with you. Exactly. So anyway, and, and I so mean, I thought it was good. But. I know. See, I'm not the biggest reader. I'm trying to become a bigger reader, obviously. But this book was amazing because it's shorter. I mean, this is. Yeah. I mean, if you have time, Here, you can look. get you can get this done in a day or two if you wanted to because it's a quick read, super valuable, super insightful, and really enjoyable. Uh, also, so. Yeah. yeah. 137 uh, words. Mm-hmm. So you can, or 137 words. 137 pages. <laughs> really quick. So you could get through yeah. it in an afternoon. And I know. I mean, I know they have audiobooks out there too. So if you're online drives, this yeah. is. I mean, it's not gonna be that long. It's just. I would recommend this to yeah, anybody. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, should we get into it? Let's yeah, rock let's and roll. Kick things off. So, do you remember what is the first agreement? The first agreement is to be impeccable with your word. And what does that mean? So, what that means to me is if you take the word impeccable, and Jordan, we talked about this a little bit before we kick things off here, and you break down the word impeccable, it means without sin. That's essentially what the word means. Well, yep. I'm not sure where it comes from, but that's what it means is without sin. So it means to be without sin in your word. And one of the biggest sins, I guess, that is mentioned in this book that can come from your word is your self-judgment. So it's really, really important and it really targets not judging yourself and being okay with yourself, being okay with your actions and not starting with that self-judgment because it can just spiral out of control and you can lose complete control of your thoughts, of your feelings, of your emotions, everything. So you want to gain that control back. And you want to not judge yourself essentially with your words. Mm-hmm. And and so how do we relate this to sport or how is this kind of applicable to sport, right? So if we're talking about being impeccable, impeccable with our word and, and kind of what you were just talking about, right? Not judging ourselves for the different things that we're doing um, as an athlete, right? If we're trying to be impeccable with our word, maybe that manifests itself in the way that we, again, communicate with our teammates, communicate mm-hmm. with our coaches, communicate with the people that are involved in our lives, but also how we communicate with ourselves. What are we telling ourselves and how are we telling ourselves, you know, the things that society kind of as a whole have taught us to think like how, how have we been molded to think um, according to like our, our upbringing and mm-hmm. whatnot. So something that we just need to be aware of, right. In terms of being impeccable with our word, taking a step back and just really trying to be aware of, of kind of what that looks like. So. Would you add anything, Josh? No, that? I think that's that's perfect. What is the source of, I guess, the content of what you're saying to yourself, essentially? Yeah. Where, is, where are these negative thoughts coming from? Where are they arising from? And then, I mean, you can, if you want to apply it to a specific sports psychology, mental skill training concept that we talk about, it's self-talk and yeah. reframing that self-talk from this negative self-judgment into self-growth. 100%. And kind of that growth mindset, being optimistic, recognizing what you are good at, recognizing your strengths, what you have done in the past, bringing it back and recognizing what you're saying to yourself, being aware of what you're saying to yourself and being aware of what it does to you. Yes. Yep. So I I guess I'm going to throw a question back here. I'm going to put you on the spot here. So if I'm an athlete and you told me to be impeccable with my word, what would you tell me that looks like? How, How can I take that and actually really apply it to my life, to my sport, to, you know, all that good stuff? All right. Should we role play here a little bit? Sure. Okay. So what, here, what sport are we playing? Um, I'm going to be a, let's think of something badass. I'm going to be an archer. You're going to be an archer. Yeah. Okay. Like, let's roll with or it. Or not, not a, just an archer. I want to be a biathlete, right? That Those are the ones that like go skiing and then you have to like steady yourself. Not, and you're not shooting um, a bow. You're shooting a gun in the Olympics. That's you know a thing. Yeah. You, you don't know like what you bi- ski down a hill? Hold on. I'm just not. Yeah. Where's your phone or where's my phone? Let's look it up here. <laughs> 
pretty My, sure it's a thing. It's a biathlete. Like you ski down a hill and like you, cross, you have a gun. There's components to it. So there's cross country skiing is the, like the component okay. of it. And then you come up to like, you have to hit targets with it. So you're like cross country ski X amount of distance, right? And you have a, a rifle on your back. You pull the rifle off your back and you have to shoot targets. And, and then you're scored based on your time and your accuracy with everything. So these biathletes have to take like, again, right? If you're, if you're hauling ass across the snowy yeah. field and your heart rate is elevated as high as it can be, and then you have to like mentally be able to slow yourself okay. down slow your heart rate down to make that shot accurately just a super like interesting kind that of that is one of the thing, most so. badass things i have ever heard i need to where do i sign I, up for that honestly well like, we that, live in minnesota so hopefully that, we can that find somewhere sounds incredible time, so. okay being impeccable with your word well i don't know the i don't have the highest background on this sport but let's say i'll ask you to put yourself in the situation with where maybe maybe you can't bring yourself down at your heart rate down kind of focusing on the target okay. maybe you don't shoot well okay yeah yep. Uh, I don't know how the competition works, if there's preliminaries and there's finals and all that. But let's just say you don't perform very well. Okay. I would ask you to tell me what you say to yourself. What would you say to yourself normally in that situation? I would say in that instance, I would probably be tough on myself, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm an athlete and I don't perform well, maybe some negative self-talk like, damn it, Jordan, like, why didn't you hit that shot? Mm -hmm. Why didn't you do better? Couldn't you have slowed your heart rate down better? You didn't ski fast enough. Um, you didn't prepare well enough. Maybe, maybe things along those lines, I mm -hmm. guess is what I would say Okay, as it relates to self-talk. Well, it sounds like me, like what you just said to me, it sounds like you're embodying that self-judgment. You're judging your actions, your preparation, your performance, everything. And then I would ask you, how is that, how is that going to affect you when you go out in the next round? If there's a next round, I don't know. But yeah, I, I I'm, I would say to that again, I, I have the background, so I know what the perfect okay. answer is, but right. So it's like, it's going to affect you in the sense that maybe it's kind of plaguing your confidence a little bit and you, you leave a little bit of doubt. There's a little bit of hesitation as you go into the next round, right? So maybe as you're skiing as a biathlete and you come in skiing down the hill and you're ready to take your next shot as you get, you get ready. Well, maybe from the, the round previous, you didn't perform very well. So I'm thinking these negative thoughts in my head. And if I let those negative thoughts kind of stick with me, I might not be as confident as I proceed to shoot um, mm -hmm. for, for my performance or whatever. So, yeah. and that would obviously yeah. have an So I'll look at it. what you just said to me about how it's going to affect you now in your next performance. Yeah. I'd say that this all started with the self-judgment after a negative performance and it's going to create a spiral that's going to spiral right into your next performance. And then if you don't perform well again, you're going to self-judge again. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. Yes. It's going to go on and on. So what I would ask you to do, what I would talk about being impeccable with your word without sin, without judgment. So I would ask you to look at what have you done in the past? What are your strengths? What can you do? What, how, what do you know about your capabilities, your abilities that like, what can you tell yourself about the, this last performance? Definitely. So kind of looking back at performances where I've done well, where mm -hmm. I've hit all of my shots, where mm -hmm. I've skied really fast and kind of using that to, to reinforce my confidence and to yeah. kind of make sure that I, I'm kind of in the correct headspace. And, and I also want to talk, I would also want to ask you about your preparation too. Like you put in all the hard work, like you talked about, yeah. maybe you prepared a little, then prepare the right way. Uh, that might be something you tell you, uh, tell yourself, but look at you put in the hard work. That's something we talk about in sports psychology is when we're going into a performance and maybe we're not feeling as confident, maybe we're a little nervous. Mm -hmm. The hard stuff is the practices, the weight room, all that stuff, the runs outside in the off season. When you get to the performance, that's the fun part. That's where you get to put all this work yeah. to like to show. So I would ask you, I would really, I want to, would want to target past performances. And when you have performed well, so you know, you can, you can recognize yeah. you have before, but I also would want to talk about your preparation and make sure that you recognize that 
you have done the, you've put the work in, you're ready, you're prepared and yeah. you're able. And then we will talk about what we can say to ourselves now. How mm-hmm. can we reframe this self judgment into like a self growth kind of yeah. talk? Yep. Actually. So I, as you're saying that there's a few things to come to mind, but the first thing would be like, as you say, how do we restructure that? Maybe mm-hmm. should we talk on or touch on like uh, cognitive restructuring a little bit? Would this be a good place to kind of throw that in? So like the A, B, C, D, E cognitive mm-hmm. restructuring type of model, right? So this is something that we can use with athletes as they're dealing with maybe some negative self-talk and kind of how, how it affects their performance. So like, let me give you an example or let's kind of break this down piece by piece. So A is going to stand for activating event. B is going to stand for the belief associated with that event. C is going to be the consequences related to that belief. D is going to be the dispute. So what can we say to ourselves to kind of dispute the belief that we originally had? Uh, and then E is going to be the, I think it's the effects of Effect, that, I believe. that new belief, that new mm-hmm. dispute type mm-hmm. of thing. So activating event, again, let's, let's apply it to yeah, the biathlete, right? Okay. So if I'm a biathlete and I'm, and I'm going down the hill and I'm going to take my shot and I miss my first shot, that moment might trigger a sense of hesitant, a, a lack in confidence, maybe a little bit of negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, the activating event mm-hmm. when I perform poorly, missing that shot. Yep. So yep. what's my belief associated with that? I mean, I'm shitty. I, I missed yeah. the shot. Something to the, that, that yeah. effect, right? Consequences. What would you say would be the it's consequences? It's going to carry into your next shot. Exactly. It's going to carry into your next shot. So dispute then. How do we dispute that? I have hit this shot a million times. I know I'm capable of it. Awesome. And then the new effect as a result of that dispute? You're ready, you're prepared, and you're centered in on the next shot, and you're going to succeed. Perfect, perfect, perfect. That's what I, I would say. I would reiterate exactly what mm. you just said. And so a lot of times, too, it's like, oh, yeah, obviously, that seems like such a logical thing to mm. do. Just, you know, take this take this model, apply it, and you're good to go. You're mm. rocking and rolling. Um, but it's always not that easy, too, and especially as athletes, we don't necessarily always have the awareness of that those types of thoughts mm. and how they actually impact our performance. Yeah. So that's something where... Yeah consultants can i guess help with that so, so that was agreement one yes be impeccable with your word yes be yep. without sin with your word and yes as we're talking obviously we're trying to apply it to sport because that's our background that's what we want to provide is a sport performance kind of perspective but these four agreements obviously are applicable in every day life too and okay. everything you do throughout the day also so i mean i have used them in my everyday life and it changes everything yeah um yep. so i just want to reiterate that but yeah let's roll into number two do you remember number two so number two is going to be, I want to say, this might be number three, but I think it's don't take anything personally. Yep. Is that number two? Don't Correct? take things personally. All right. What does that mean? Or do you want me to answer oh, it? It's up to you. you so go. don't take things personally. So when I hear don't take things personally, I like to think one thing that they talk about in the book that I really liked is that we're the main character in our story, in our life, in our journey, and everything we do from one the day, the minute we wake up to the minute we go to bed, we're the main character in that story you are the main character in your story. I'm not the main character in yours. You're doing your, you're waking up, you're going to bed, you're doing everything through your eyes and with your thoughts, with your thinking, with your behaviors. And it's different than me. So not taking things personally is recognizing that just because maybe you say something to me, maybe you do something to me. It's not, that doesn't reflect on who I am as a person, something that it doesn't mean that I'm not good enough, that I'm not able enough. It just means that in your story, maybe there's something going on that I can't relate to that I'm not a part of and that I'm not a result of, I guess. Yep. So I guess that's the biggest takeaway I had from not taking things personally is just recognizing that you're your character. I'm my character. You're yours. And not, I can't, what you say and what you do doesn't reflect on me. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. So if I run into you the hallway and I say, Josh, you're an asshole. Don't take that personally in the sense that are you really an asshole or is it something that's coming from me? Like, am I the one that's kind of dealing with something? 
beneath mm-hmm. the surface to, yeah. I mean, why would I say that? Like in an instance, why would I call you an asshole or, or anybody for that instance? Right. Or again, we're just using this as an example. Right. But what's going on in my life mm-hmm. to feel like that was the appropriate thing to say to another individual. Mm-hmm. So again, if you're on the receiving end of that, don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. So as you we were talking about this, though, there was something that also came into my head and I really liked what you said about all of us kind of being like the main, the main actors, the main actresses in our, in our lives. Right. And kind of how we're the hero of our own story. Um, so back during my undergrad, it was, I think it was the capstone class. If that's what, if that's what I want to call it for my psychology major. Um, and Dr. Robinson regular, uh, the professor in the class and one of my advisors, um, kind of led the class. And, and one of the things that we talked about that always came up, um, was this idea of being in your tiny skull sized kingdom is what we, is what we always would say in class throughout the entire semester. And so tiny skull sized kingdom, right? Again, it's this idea that as individuals, we're just kind of in here we're we're in our minds we're in our own heads and we're not necessarily recognizing and being super aware of all the things that are kind of going on around us right so so for an example a life example not necessarily a sport example but let's say you're driving um down the highway and someone cuts you off in traffic uh and they give you the middle finger and then all of a sudden you just get all pissed off because you've got road rage now, right? <laughs> so are then you it's targeting like, me right now? I am targeting <laughs> you. So then you got to ask yourself the question. It's like, okay, that person's an asshole or, or, or maybe that person was getting their pregnant wife to the hospital. Maybe that person was running late for a job interview. Maybe that person was, you know, doing something where, mm-hmm. again, not maybe great to be speeding, you know, 30 miles over the speed limit. Do not condone that. Yeah. But maybe there's something else going on in, in this specific mm-hmm. situation. So, And I know the situation that you just gave, you know, somebody cutting you off and then you get mad. I mean, that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. And it is so much easier said than done to just, you know, wake up when they'd be like, okay, I'm not taking anything personally today. This is by far the biggest agreement that I've had the hardest transition into doing because mm-hmm. little things like that I mean sometimes they do irk you. Maybe like if I'm trying to get here to the cities and film this podcast and then all of a sudden I'm stuck in traffic because I'm blaming other people that don't know how to drive. Yeah. That's yeah. not the case. That's just where I go. Yeah. Because but um so it's not it's a lot easier said than done, but it's a very neat and unique perspective that you can try to apply to different situations and it definitely creates more positivity. Yes. I would definitely say that. I would agree. So um, should we apply this to sport? Then? Yeah. And then now you get to be put on the spot. Okay. And Wait, I'll, I was the athlete last yeah, time. Yeah. So now I'll be the athlete. How about that? Okay. All okay. right. That sounds good. Let's do uh, I want to be a water polo player. Okay. Do you know anything about water polo? I know enough. I know enough. Okay. So let's create a situation then um, where we're not going to take things personally. Okay. So maybe you're a water polo player. Okay. And I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, I just had a really rough day um, mm-hmm. doing something. My wife yelled at me or okay. my kids crapped their diaper and I had to change it all okay. tonight or something to that effect, right? And I come up to practice and I take some of that anger out on you and I'm like, Josh, what the hell are you doing? You need to be swimming faster. You need to get the ball mm-hmm. in the net. You need to make, you know, quit turning the ball over, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? Or how would you reason that conversation between an upset coach and yourself as an athlete? Are you saying, so how would I applied not taking it personally or how would I feel before I apply that? I would say both. Okay. Well, before I, I mean, if I was, wasn't living by the second agreement, yep. if you came and started yelling at me, I would start, I would doubt my abilities first of all say, okay, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Maybe I don't deserve to be where I'm at on this team. I would obviously question my relationship with the coach. Does the coach, how does he think of me? Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I'm, you know, playing, not playing up to my capabilities or his expectations in the pool. So I think that those would be the first thoughts. 
And then if I wasn't taking things personally, I mean, this is one of those situations where it's pretty tough and it's going to be hard to do. And cause I mean, I've been in situations where maybe the coach got on my butt a little bit at practice. You kind of just got to recognize, okay, what can I do? What can I do to just improve? Just looking kind of gro- like a growth again, like mm-hmm. not doubting yourself with that self judgment. And I think these four agreements all intertwine within themselves. But I think I would say, okay, what can I do to be better? Um, how can I react to this in a positive way? How can I take the most out of it? And then you also have to recognize, okay, maybe there's something going on, obviously, that yeah. I am not aware of. And that's the big one. But yeah, I, again, just to build off that, I'd say awareness is one of the biggest, most important components of all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Just being able to take a step back and just kind of assess the entire situation and look at it from different perspectives. Because mm-hmm. again, we're all coming from, we're all the heroes in our own story. And, and so nothing necessarily should be taken personally as it's directed towards and us. And we've talked about this. I like what you just said, because I think we both can kind of agree one of the first steps into self-growth as an individual, as a performer, as an athlete, whatever it is, is awareness. Yeah. Awareness of your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors, your emotions, everything. Yes. That is kind of like the first step, right? If if growth is to to come, if change is to come, we need to take a step back and really just be aware Mm -hmm. of the thoughts, the emotions, the feelings, the situations that we're in so that we can take the proactive steps forward to make sure we're- 100%. We're growing. So, um, already- Rock and roll. Number, number three. three. Yes. Yeah, number three is my personal favorite, I think. And it's uh, don't make assumptions. And if you were to ask me what I took away from not making assumptions, I think the really cool thing that uh, I kind of apply now and I've learned from trying to use this in my life is that when you make an assumption, you're kind of creating a false truth. It's something you're creating a truth that n- is not necessarily re- reality because you're assuming, I mean, assuming is essentially just the unknown. Like you don't know what the answer is. You don't know what the truth is. You don't know what's actually happening. It could be A, B, C, or D. But if you're going to assume it's C and the C is negative, you're going you're making a truth that's going to affect you in a terrible way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just kind of a pessimistic mindset when you think about it, when you look at its roots. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the biggest takeaway I had from, you know, not making assumptions. Yeah. And obviously this can happen in sport, can happen in relationships, friendships, uh, schoolwork, anything, your job. There's assumptions everywhere, and you yeah. realize that once you start thinking about this. Definitely. And I, I guess uh, to add a layer to that, too, the, what I've taken away from, from that kind of agreement is communication. To me, is a big component of of this one where we're not making assumptions about what other people are thinking or feeling or why they're acting for a specific reason. Um, so, like, what, is, what does that mean? How can communication be used to kind of bridge that gap between assumptions, right? So let's say, um, let's use an example between, I don't know, how, what's another sport example that we could try and use here? For not making assumptions? For not making assumptions, yeah. Uh, and you want to talk about communication? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That way. Interesting. You love putting me on the spot on these uh, podcasts, don't you? <laughs> okay. Um, not making assumptions. I guess here, let's just, hypo- hypothetically, we're teammates. Okay. Yep. Um, who knows what sport, but we're teammates. Yep. Um, maybe there's some tension or so because maybe you got the spot and I didn't, maybe you're getting the playing time and I'm not, Mm. and it's creating tension between us. And I just kind of, maybe that creates an assumption in your eyes. Like, okay, wow, this kid just, he's, he just hates me type thing. It's going to ruin the team culture. It's going to ruin our team communication. It's going to ruin just the whole entire, what's the word I'm looking for? Dynamic of our team. Sure. There's, that's the, that's the first situation that came to mind is just a miscommunication between teammates. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. So, if we're going to run with that, then I could add a, a, an extra factor to that. So let's say 
um, I'm on a team and my mom or dad is the coach on that specific team, right? And, and I get the starting spot mm-hmm. over you. Maybe an assumption made in that in that specific situation is like, oh, what the heck? Jordan made that or Jordan got the starting spot because his mom or his dad was mm-hmm. the, the the coach for that team. So maybe that's the assumption. However, maybe it was because Jordan worked hard or Jordan did this or showed some skill or something to that mm-hmm. effect. You know what I mean? So instead of just totally blaming it on some other type of like factor, how can we have a dialogue? How can we have a conversation to try and maybe bridge that gap and just kind of try to understand each other a, a little bit better? So. Yeah. And uh, I kind of want to create a situation too that's more personable and more unique to a single person possibly. Sure. So um, I'm just going to roll with basketball just because that's the first one that came to mind. Okay. Maybe uh, maybe I start the season, I'm shooting really well. Um, and then I go through a stretch of four or five games where I shoot, maybe I go down and I'm shooting like 15% from three or I'm shooting 50% at the free throw line, something like that. And I'm going to, I can create this assumption in my head, like maybe that start of the season was just a fluke. Maybe I'm really not a shooter. Maybe I just need to, you know, be more passive on offense, let my teammates do it. Maybe that's just not what I'm good at. Maybe it's not my role. When in reality, we go through slumps. You're not going to always perform at your best. I mean, the truth is just because you're not shooting well now doesn't mean when you are shooting well, it's a fluke. Yeah. And that kind of goes with, you know, it's connected to number one again. Are you, that's that self-judgment. So uh, I think there's situations that you can apply this to yourself and not creating these false truths. There's situations between teammates, between coaches. Yep. There's these false truths that are easily avoidable if you can, you know, remember to not make assumptions. Definitely. And so that's the kind of the beauty with these diff- these four different agreements is that they're all intertwined and they're so connected, right? The first one is connected to the second, connected to the third, uh, and connected to the fourth. So um, should we roll into that one, the fourth one? The fourth one. So this is going to be always do your best. And it's so it sounds so self-explanatory and it, it means exactly what we just said. Yep. Always do your best. Give your give 100% of the effort you have to give that day. And I mean, yep. obviously, you don't always have 100% to give on a certain day. If you have 80%, give 100% of that 80%. Yep. Always do your best. But I think the unique layer that Don Miguel Ruiz added to this is to be genuine with it. And what I mean by that, what I mean by being genuine, is to do your best because you are able to do your best. Don't do your best because you want to expect something in return. Mm. And what and I guess to dive into that, uh, go to the weight room every day. Get up at 7 a.m. Go be in the weight room and lift hard, get better, get stronger, get faster. Do it because you can and because you want to do your best and because you want to give your full effort. Don't do it because you want the coach to shout you out in front of the team. Yeah. Don't expect a reward for doing your best. Do your best just to do your best. And this goes into training your best, playing your best, like to the best of your abilities, but also being the best teammate you can be, being the best leader, the best captain, the best being coachable for the coaches, being the best student, being the best person you can be yep. in all aspects. And I, I would say to that too, like your best is, and you touched on it a little bit earlier here, but your best is going to be different dependent on the day and dependent on the situation. So let's say you wake up one morning and you're sick and you've come down with something, right? Maybe you're, you can give your best that day, but maybe your best on Monday is going to be different than your best on Tuesday, right? Because of the specific situation that you're in. Maybe you are coming to practice and prior to practice, you just took a chemistry exam and you just flunked it. Like, and you're just all sorts of pissed off. Well, maybe you're not going to be the best teammate. You would think you wouldn't be the best teammate in that situation because you've got this extra added additional stress kind of plaguing you. But how can you take a step back, have some awareness and say, okay, how can I show up today? How can I give my best? Even if it's not going to be 10 out of 10, if, mm. if all I can give today is a seven, 
then how can I make sure I'm giving a seven? So I guess actually, as I say that there, there's two things that come to mind uh, and they're both like football examples. So I, I, we may have talked about it earlier um, on one of the, the earlier podcasts. There's this book seasons of life. Um, and within that book, uh, there, there's, uh, kind of an idea that they try to embody. And it's this idea of like having talents and showing up with those talents. So let me give you an example. So as a football player, maybe, or let's say an athlete, as an athlete, right, you're showing up to practice. And let's say, Josh, you have 10 talents. That's what your God-given abilities were. He gifted you with 10 talents, but God only gifted me with five talents, right? If we're showing up every single day and you're only willing to give seven of your 10 talents, but I'm willing to give five out of my five talents every single day, Personally, and again, maybe I'm biased, maybe this isn't correct, but personally, if I was a coach in that situation, I would want the guy that's showing up every single day with his five talents. If he's giving 100% effort and he's showing up with all of those those different mm-hmm. types of talents um, versus the guy that maybe has a little bit more God-given ability, but is kind of slacking, isn't really showing up and giving that perfect effort, doing his best every single day. Um, again, a little bit of distinction between the two. So again, just a principle that maybe is applicable to sport in some sense. Um, the other, the other example that I'm thinking of, again, a football example comes from Friday night lights. Uh, one of the speeches, have you seen this? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I know I'm going to get a lot of flag for this. I have not Friday night lights. Well, the movie or the TV show. Both. I've seen the movie. Oh, okay. I've seen the movie. And I'm pretty sure this comes from the movie. Okay. Then I can, then I, then I, I will know it. But it's, uh. Is it Coach Taylor in the movie too? I know in the TV show it's Coach Taylor. You're really testing me here. Uh, yeah, it's been a while We're since I've seen it. We're going to call him Coach Taylor. Maybe okay. he's not actually Coach Taylor, but in the in the TV show he's Coach Taylor. Anyway, where am I going with this? So in the movie Friday Night Lights, there's a halftime speech um, and Coach Taylor talks about giving like 100% effort. Like the perfect effort is the word that he used. Perfect effort. So again, when you show up to either to practice, to the game, into the second half, whatever that scenario can be, how can we make sure we're giving our perfect effort? And again, time back to everything that we just talked about. Perfect in certain situations is going to be different. It's not always going to be your 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. performance. Again, if you can only give a seven one day, that's okay. Yeah. Make sure you're just giving that seven. I, I want to add one more layer to something I said earlier. I know I said don't expect a reward, but you're going to get a reward every time you do your best. And that reward is knowing that you did your best. Yeah, it's, it's very it's rewarding to yourself. It's personal gratification. That's a perfect way to describe it. So like when you're like I, the example I use, going to the weight room at seven, waking up early before school and going to the weight room, get bigger, stronger, faster. You might not get shouted out by your coach or whatever it is in front of your teammates. But you're going to have that self-gratification knowing that you put it to work and you did your best and it's going to pay off on the football field. Uh, Because it is, always doing your best is going to pay and it's going to pay dividends in the end. It will. So just there is a reward and it's that gratification that you have for yourself and recognizing your effort and being proud of your effort. So I would say that there's still a reward that comes from it. Yeah, It's just a little different than you might think. And I guess that's also closely related to like like fostering and building your confidence, right? So if you're doing the things that you need to do. If you're giving that perfect effort day in and day out, kind of what you just said, maybe you're not getting the gratification, not the, the recognition from maybe the coaches and the teammates and the fans, but you know inside that you've done everything that you can. As you go into competition, you're going to be a hell of a lot more confident taking that mm-hmm. those next steps forward with whatever, you know, with whatever life ends up throwing at you mm-hmm. type of thing. So as it pertains yeah. to life and sport. Yeah. But, well, so yeah, those are the four agreements. And Jordan, I have a question for you. Oh my. Okay. Because I mean, we like to hold each other accountable here. It's a friendship. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to hold you accountable. Okay. I want you to tell me how you're going to take one of these four agreements and how you're going to apply it in your life in the next week. One of these four agreements and how I'm going to apply it in my life 
in the next week. And then I want to ask you and revisit you, revisit this next week. Okay. I've got an idea. Okay. But I'm going to bring you with me. Okay. Let's do it. What it, is it? You have no idea what this is and it's going to go longer than a week, but I'm going to put it out on the podcast and we'll just see, we'll see if this can happen. Look, you look so nervous right I am now. So, I am. You look I so nervous no right coming. now. Because usually you catch me off guard with this type of stuff. Yes. So. But I think we should do it together and I think we could try together and just kind of see what happens. Um, so let's talk about the last agreement, always doing your best and what that kind of looks like, right? Or how we can kind of embody that going forward. So there's this gentleman out there. Uh, Andy Frisella is his name. And so Andy, he's like a podcasting kind of dude and he owns a company called First Form. Um, and one of his big things, and again, he, he gets like political and stuff like that. I'm not talking about any of his political views. I'm talking about this program that he's put out. It's called 75 Hard. Oh my God. Do you know I, what it is? Yeah, I know exactly what that yes. is. Yes. Wouldn't that be epic if we tried to do 75 Hard? If we did 75 Hard together. Wow, that would be epic. We'd walk away from here in 75 days and we would just be juiced. Golly, I thought you were going to say something like, like what I was going to say is I'm not going to yell at anybody on my drive home through city, <laughs> Twin Cities traffic today. That's it. Okay. But that would be tough. You know what I mean? Like that's, It is tough. That would be it's absolutely not, doing it, your best. It's not made to be easy. That's for sure. No. I see that on TikTok every day. Yes. So for those of you that don't know what 75 Hard is, is it's this, this I'm going to call it like a mental toughness program. Maybe, mm -hmm. I, again, I don't know what the research is back behind it, but more or less, it's There's, just making sure you're doing things on a day-to-day -day basis okay. over the course of 75 days that really challenge you okay. and push you. So to my knowledge... The, okay, the steps I know is uh, there's eat, it's eating, eating healthy. Yep, following a, a specific yeah. diet yeah. with no cheat yeah. meals. Um, yep. there's it's 45 minutes of exercise twice a day, once inside, once outside. That is correct. Um, is it reading like 10 or 15 pages of a book a day? I think it's 10 pages a day. Reading yep. 10 pages of a uh, is it any book or any just book. A, okay? Just 10 reading 10 pages, pages of a book a day. Yep. What else is in it? It's one gallon of water. A gallon of water over the course of the day. Okay. Yep. So again, just like simple little things that maybe over the first week wouldn't be super hard. But again, to do something like this, not just for a month, but for 75 days would just be like, it's tough. Jordan, I'm going to put this out there and you have no idea what I'm going to say, Ooh. but I am going to invite one person that is listening to this to join us on here. Whoever is listening to the, this podcast, if you're willing to do this 75 hard with us and you complete it with us, maybe we can get like a AMU t-shirt or something sent to the, sent his way. Oh yeah. His way. We'll get his or her a, uh, a sweatshirt or something. Yeah, cool. for sure. I would love to have somebody <laughs> listening to this podcast do this with me. And then we have, you know, we got a triangle of people here holding each other accountable. Perfect. You got me and Jordan shaking hands All right. right now. We're going to try tomorrow. Start starts. Starts tomorrow. One gallon of water, 45 minutes of exercise twice a day, one inside, one outside. And they have to be separate. You yes. can't do 45 back to back. There has to be a, at least okay. like an okay. hour in between I didn't, I didn't know that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, following a diet with no cheat meals. Correct. And reading 10 pages of a book a day. Correct. Yep. Got it. All righty. Let's do it. We're going to okay. check in. This I, is going to be. What is 75 days from now? I have no idea. What day is it today? I don't. This you is going to be different than the day this right. drops. But okay. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll check it out. We'll yeah. next week. We'll let them know when we started the specific date that we're, you know, we'll, we can give weekly check-ins going forward too. Perfect. Love Perfect. that. Awesome, Let's do it. Awesome. So, all right. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will check you out next week. Peace.